The future of business is responsible. El futuro de los negocios es reescribir el crecimiento de las empresas. Conscious commingling of growth and impact. Le futur du business est conscient et responsable. The future of business is intentional and transparent. Welcome to Future of Business, where we take you on a journey to explore the diverse range of sectors and stories embedded in the Oxford MBA cohort and beyond, and how they will shape the future of business. My name is Bartek Oganowski. And I will be hosting our conversation today with Kieran Fothergill, a current Oxford MBA student and Conservative Party candidate for Harrow on the Hill in this year's local elections. Welcome, Kieran. Good morning, Bartek. Thank you very much for having me today. Those local elections took place here in the UK on May the 5th. But since we recorded this podcast a few days earlier than this, you will have to wait until the end of the podcast to find out if Kieran was successful or not in getting elected. But in the meantime, Let's get back to the podcast. So, Kieran, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you actually ended up in the seat with me today. Yes, of course. Thanks, Bartek. So I'm um, I'm on the MBA, as you, as you mentioned just there. Um, for me, coming back to Oxford was the, uh, the only choice, really, having done my undergraduate degree here way back in 2012, started in 2012. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I think it's a it's a fantastic program. I've met some wonderful people, uh, and it's just a shame that it's uh, it's ending. It seems to be ending so quickly, but it's been a wonderful experience so far. So prior to coming onto the MBA, I'd set up a business in um, in travel, which was a, a startup based out of London, but uh, focusing on on holidays on sailing boats in the Mediterranean. Uh, we had a good run for a couple of years. Unfortunately, COVID uh, torpedoed. Our, uh, our strategy somewhat, uh, which isn't to excuse some of the mistakes that we had certainly made along the way, but um, but it, it proved a little bit too difficult at that time. Fortunately, my business partner is carrying on, but I've uh, I've left the business to focus on other things, hence the uh, the MBA, and also uh, an increasing focus with working with my father in the um, in the family business, which spans the engineering, hospitality, and uh, cybersecurity sectors. Um, but as you mentioned in your introduction, I'm also tentatively. Uh, getting involved with politics these days. Yeah, um, that's. I mean, I think that's that's something that we, you know, I think this this conversation for all the listeners is going to be quite focused around business in politics, um, and I guess the future of of politics and how business can be incorporated in, within. And a, a candidate like Karen is a perfect example of this wide, you know, array of experience from from his background and how he can actually bring that into. Um, you know, into his borough and also in, into into future politics. Um, in terms of your campaign journey, I mean, I know the past couple of weeks, and you and I have caught up separately before this, the past couple of weeks and months has been a huge journey leading up to this election. Um, it'll be great to hear some of the methods, the learnings you take from it, some of the, the greatest experience, the worst experiences, and and maybe, you know, what did what did you bring to the table as, as Karen Fothergill that, that was potentially different? Yeah, so I mean, it happened all quite sort of organically, I would say. Um, got involved with the local party, started to meet some uh, people um, on a more regular basis, and turn started helping out with some uh, leafleting and, and and canvassing, knocking on doors, etc. And then I uh, I ended up being the candidate for this uh, for this year's election, and uh, this was sort of a, a, around uh, last August September. And since then, I've had some wonderful experiences um, campaigning out in Harrow. Which is where I've lived since 1997. Um, I think uh, I think, despite what 
you know the media would have us believe in the sort of polarized world that we live in certainly on 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 online and on social media um where you think that you know people are either with you or against you actually in reality on the doorstep people are good people and uh, mm. and and the middle ground is far larger than 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 anyone would have us believe so i've had some wonderful experiences really honestly just uh, speaking to people who um who might not vote for me but are thankful and are grateful that i'm actually out and about uh, and trying to uh, try to work hard for the residents uh, irrespective of their political leanings um i've knocked on thousands thousands of doors and 99.9 percent .9 of the experiences have been positive and how important is that uh, is that in-person interaction i know we spoke a little bit about COVID earlier or touched on it that in-person um, interaction of going door to door and actually letting them know that this is who you are, this is what you can represent, do you, does it make a huge difference? I mean, Abs yeah, absolutely. Um, I think people I think people value that. You know, the literature that we drop through letterboxes, of course, reinforces our message uh, and is important in outlining uh, on paper our, our, our policies and our pledges so that people can go back to that and really think about what it is that we're trying to do. But I think if you can put a face to a name uh, and you can actually hear someone's voice, interact with them. Uh, I mean, it counts it, it counts 10 times, which is why I still think in these local elections where it is just about manageable to get a team to canvas a whole district, um, in-person canvassing, knocking on doors, the old school method is unbeatable. Uh, you know, social media will only take you so far. Um, this really is where it's, where it's won or lost. And you have to put the time in. Awesome, yeah, well, well done. And I know you've put a lot of hard work and effort, so from our side, wishing you all the best for the elections, if that's, if that's a fair term to use. Um, and then just that last question, which I wanna go back to, um, you know, uh, what did you bring to the table in terms of your business experience sure. and maybe some of your background that, that assisted in, in, in this campaign? Sure, so one of, the, one of the things, you know, actually let's take an example um, at the very local level of one of the policy pledges that I've put in place here um, is to reinstate an hour of free parking uh, in Harrow on the Hill. Now, that might sound innocuous, it might sound completely insignificant, but it's very important. Why? Because local businesses, particularly restaurants in Harrow on the Hill, are not able to open currently for lunch because of prohibitive parking restrictions, um, which have been imposed recently, um, which mean that people who are coming from uh, different areas, for example, can't park their cars unless they have a permit, and therefore they can't eat at restaurants. Um, that has meant that a number of businesses, which are just up the road from where I live, uh, have had to close down their lunchtime offering, massively, uh, significantly impacting um, their revenue models. Um, so I would like to, you know, th that's something that perhaps was overlooked when it was introduced. Perhaps the concerns of businesses weren't taken into account. Uh, and this is where I think just that mindset, uh, understanding business pri businesses' priorities, can make a huge difference in in those small policy changes. Um, you know, that can uh, that can really mean uh, mean a lot to to individuals and moreover there's a there's a, an, another um, side to that to that coin which is elderly people as well now if, if I'm elected and I can reinstate this 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 free parking over lunchtime can now come and shop as well awesome and I think that leads us on nicely into our next topic which is you know the lack of business acumen in politics and you, you've you've got to have this this knowledge of business and have certain sort of um, experience in order to put those um, you know those experiences in place or those changes in place so maybe the next thing we can chat about and then maybe the next topic is the lack of business acumen in politics i know it's something you and i've spoken about quite extensively and for the purpose of this podcast we can maybe highlight in some of the key the key points um but particularly in a post-brexit uk world um the future of business in the uk uh, 
with young, intelligent business minds. Take us through that journey and take us through the current lack of business acumen that you currently see in, in, uh, in the polit- in political world. Yeah, so I think I think I'll start with maybe some statistics. You know, I think for, I think there was, there was a parliamentary file released, uh, which set in t- following the twenty nineteen general election, which is the last general election we had, um, which shows that only twenty five percent of Conservative Party MPs have business or commerce experience, uh, only five percent of Labour Party MPs uh, have business or commerce experience followed by 16.7% of SMPs and about 18% of Lib Dems. Mm. The point of that is that it's not enough. You know, I think it's I think it's quite clear um, that there aren't enough MPs who do have a real firm handle on on the issues um, the businesses face. Sure. And you know, what does that mean? I mean, in, in terms of the schemes that we have in place in the UK which are numerous, you know, we we've got some brilliant uh, brilliant schemes for entrepreneurship, the the EIS, the Entre- uh, Enterprise Investment Scheme, for example, Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme. Um, but the problem is, certainly uh, some studies that I've read and some surveys show, uh, particularly from the Innovation Agent, uh, which have been conducted by the UK's Innovation Agency, show that not enough MPs, number one, know that these schemes exist, and number two, know how to advise startups and their constituents on how to use them effectively. Um, so this is this is an issue. There's a disconnect between what we actually have, which is some great policy, uh, and actually what the MPs understand that we have, and next how we actually might use that um, in the most efficient way. So I think you know this is this is an area. I think we need to raise awareness. We need we need um, we need to have more p- potentially more focus groups. We need to have more training for MPs uh, to understand um, what's actually going on. Um, I think that would be uh, beneficial for everyone. Awesome, and I, I think that's that's really good to bring some, you know, some good statistics to the table, and <laughs> such a low, st- you know, mm-hmm. percentage of people that are effectively making huge political decisions in in the UK, um, and around the world. I mean, we focus in the UK for now, that don't have that business acumen, and I'm sure the skills that you could learn from an MBA and your experiences with Oxford people uh, in general would assist that. Yeah, definitely. I think the MBA is um, a huge benefit to me. Both in terms of the the sort of fundamental grounding I'm going to have in in, in some of these business areas. I mean, I did I write, I read German and Spanish literature as an undergraduate, so you know, and then went <laughs> went into the went into the world of entrepreneurship, you know, um, just w- without any formal training in business. So this is really solidifying some of those uh, experiences that I've had previously, and actually giving me some of that academic foundation that I I really need. Um, but I think, yeah, coupled with, of course, the, the fantastic network, I think it's going to be a hugely profitable experience. I would also say... Um, so if, if Kieran starts saying uh, mi hermano a couple of times, it's excusing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need to do that off the podcast with Eva. No, I think, I think there's another thing to touch on here, which is uh, it's come up in the news recently, um, particularly around um, certain MPs, but it's about second jobs. Um, so, of course, being a member of parliament is, is a... Is a and which is... I should say, you know, where I aspire to be at some point. Mm. Uh, being a member of parliament is uh, is a hugely in, uh, intensive, time intensive task. It's a full time job. You know, it's well paid. Um, nevertheless, uh, it is not illegal to have a second job or at least in an advisory capacity. And that is what I would intend to do. Certainly, you know, if I have, um, you know, if I, if if I'm able to cons- to organize my time uh, efficiently. 
But um, I think it's a good thing. I think it's a positive thing. Some people say, well, actually, you know, MPs shouldn't have second jobs. They've got enough on their plate. Yeah. And other people say, well, what about the what about the the, the experiences they're bringing from the real world? Um, you know, and that experience and that know-how, that that political, uh, that uh, the, that uh, uh, business uh, knowledge into into politics is is a good thing. So um, I think you know, I I think if we have a diverse range of um, of MPs with diverse backgrounds and experiences, which particularly um, which have which have um, uh, a positive knock-on effect on how they conduct themselves or how they think about things uh, in the political sphere, I think it'd only be positive. Yeah, for sure. That's an interesting point. Um, I, I, I think moving on to maybe just uncovering a bit of the big issue focus that we spoke about now and how we can, you know, how you or other politicians or how other people could bring and encourage that entrepreneurship in politics. Or that. How do you actually raise awareness for that? How do you get more people how do you, that are focused on um, on business to to want to enter the, poli the, the uh, politics world or people that are in the politics world want to actually learn more about entrepreneurship. Sure. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it starts, I think we need to get young people excited about business and excited about entrepreneurship. We need, I think, you know, I think that's where we start. Uh, we get into schools, we get politicians into schools um, to talk about um, exciting schemes. You know, it's not always about going to university. Sometimes it's about... Uh, learning a, a, a trade or a skill and understand and then combining that with studies of business to understand how you might set up your own company for example um, and making that as easy as possible we already have a great um, a great uh, system in place to set up to incorporate a company in the UK with relative ease um, but I think it's about spreading that knowledge getting uh, into schools into high schools into sixth forms and speaking to the pupils directly and saying, look, these are the opportunities available available to you. This is how we'll help you uh, set up a business uh, from a government perspective. This is the sort of these are the schemes that you can use, and get people excited about uh, working for themselves because that's the back. Ultimately, that's the backbone of the UK economy. Why we are such a, a re resilient economy mm. is because we have a huge number of small businesses, often um, you know, often family owned, which operate often locally, um, but are the the real lifeblood of the UK economy uh, in, in, in difficult times in particular. So I think I think we need to just get the young generation excited about that, uh, certainly. And I think Brexit presents all sorts of opportunities. You know, Brexit was incredibly divisive. Fortunately, um, we have now seemed to be seems to have moved on from from those discussions mm. and we are embracing it. And I think it presents a number of opportunities, particularly around diverging from um, EU regulation. So, you know, let's make the most of this now um, and let's get people excited about it. And 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 want to get young people into business. And from I think <laughs> that's I mean you know Kieran brilliant point. And I mean for for those that can't see you know when, when Kieran does talk about um, politics and and his passion for it, it's it's uh, it's very it, it's quite evident that this is what he wants to do. This is something that you've got to be passionate about and and strive towards. And and I think that that's awesome. Um, maybe just to, to add some some of you know experiences from from my country South Africa, where I do you know there's art. There, there are a lot of public-private partnerships in already in place, and getting a lot of the the top CEOs from the listed companies in South Africa to to assist with with government politi uh, policies or big decisions, and that's something that really worked well. And I know that's that's t taking place uh, throughout the world, but just something that um, yeah. I would like to add because uh, you know, especially in a country uh, in a third world developing country, as they refer to it still, um, but really good 
business minds that can make influential decisions or assist with those influential decisions in the in the country. So that's important. Well, do you see yourself ever setting up a business in the UK, Vartek? Oh, the podcast has turned tables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't um, resist it. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I do, you know, we, we, we could have a whole other podcast about this, but I do think the UK is an exciting place, um, especially in the entrepreneurship landscape. And there's a lot of big opportunities, specifically in the tech industry at the moment. Um, so that's something I'm focusing on, but more for another day. Okay, sorry. <laughs> no, but but awesome. And, and um, it's, been a, it's been a great place to learn. Um, Maybe moving on to one of our last topics and to kind of wrap up the conversation. It's been it's been an exciting journey and I know it's hard to wrap everything up within 20, 25 minutes, but what inspired you along your journey and maybe what are some of those key moments that really got you towards um, you know where you are today, second time in Oxford studying a degree or reading a degree, I should say. Um, you know, take us through some of those those big moments and those big inspirational stories. Yeah, well, one of the things that attracted me to the the Oxford program was uh, focus on impact, uh, and I didn't really understand at the time sort of what impact meant for me, and it's something that's banded around a lot, and you know, it's not it's it's something that it isn't easy to pin down because it has so many implications and so many potential meanings, which is um, which is a good thing. Now, I was thinking about for me, what does what does impact mean, uh, and I think it's I think it's having an impact. Um, in politics, I mean, I think that is one of the areas of life, public service specifically, where one can have a real um, tangible impact on people around them. Um, often, often an impact on people who are not aware of the avenues available to them to solve problems. Uh, people who may not have the time or the capability to solve issues, uh, pressing issues which affect them and their families in their daily lives. Mm. So one of one of the, the, the aspects of what I do, even as a private citizen, un, as of yet unelected, uh, one of the things that I do um, derive real satisfaction from is assisting people um, to help themselves, basically, or to help them with, um, with, with, with things that um, with things that are, are important to them, so you know that's an Im- that's having an impact. That really, and that, 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 that's that's something that I've, I've taken away um, from my experiences in the last year, and has sort of inspired me to continue and to put more time into this. But it's also something that's been born out of conversations I've had at Oxford on at the business school, um, talking about what it is exactly that we want to go out and do in the world. And there are so many wonderful people here who are doing some you know awe inspiring things. And, uh, and and that's you know it's an inspiring place to be, um, specifically when you think about um, you know what you want, might want to do. Yeah, and I think that's um, that's a really good point to to start concluding the conversation. Um, I know you you're busy a busy man at the moment, and I just I guess from us we we want to thank you for for being here today. Um, and maybe one sort of closing remark, I mean, for pin up your thought process, your journey, and uh, from sailboats to politics to business ventures to a, a number of different a number of different journeys. And now you kind of focused on bringing all those experiences from an entrepreneurship perspective into, into politics. So impact in politics, maybe sum it up for our listeners just to, to have a, a good one line or two line closing. Yeah, I think, um you know, I think I, I think this is a, a journey that uh, has no sort of fixed agenda, as it were. You know, it's incredibly unpredictable. It's something that you have to take 
um, day by day, week by week, as they say, a week is a long time in politics. There's a great UK expression there, but it, it really is if you just watch the news cycle. So it's something that you can never get ahead of yourself with. Um, it's something that is is constantly evolving, um, but it's incredibly exhilarating. And I think it's a, it's a hell of a wor wor worthwhile thing to get involved with. Uh, both that's both business, um, entrepreneurship, and politics, um, because of the impact that you can make on both sides. And if you can combine the experience in both and bring the two together, um, I think that's where um, that's where we can see um, uh, you know real change um, being initiated. And um, and yeah, I, I mean, I look forward to to my career uh, in both uh, down both paths, and we'll see how it sort of plays out. Awesome. Thank you, Karen Fothergill. It's been it's been great chatting to you today, and I'm sure our listeners would agree. Thank you, Barty. Well, the results of the election are now out, and unfortunately, Kieran wasn't successful this time around, but he will no doubt try again in the future. As you can tell, he's passionate about the interface of business and politics and the impact that can have. Thank you very much.